From in and around the Capital Region, on the Alive Radio Network, this is The Matter at Hand. I'm Alicia Purdy. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can be greater. Sooner or later, I'm greater than you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. A record number of Republican women ran for the U.S. House of Representatives in the 2020 election cycle, shattering all previous records, and the numbers are still rising. Across the country, in public office of every kind, Republican women are stepping up to speak and represent the conservative, Republican, or traditional values that have been a bedrock of the American cultural systems since the country's founding. While the increasing numbers are notable on their own, they do not alone tell the whole story of Republican women who run for office because it's no longer a matter if they will run and win, but also about how they run and how they win. Research on gender and campaign strategies have shown that there are dual demands that women candidates must confront to meet stereotypical expectations of both candidacy and gender. Traditionally, the Republican Party holds values that are most strongly associated with men and masculinity, where women have predetermined roles and a set of expectations associated with their femininity. While both Republican and Democratic women navigate these conflicting expectations, partisan differences draw additional lines between the types of women seeking office. For Republican women, the alignment of their party tends to create a sense of gritty toughness and a no-nonsense law-and-order perspective on leadership as opposed to the permissive liberal progressivism generally associated with women who run for office in the Democratic Party. Megan Liuzzo is a political communications master's student who wrote her graduate thesis on Republican women who run for office in New York State. She also spearheaded the formation of an advocacy and support group focused on helping Republican women in upstate New York formulate solid campaign messaging and communications, plans to convey their ideas to constituents. And she says her findings show that traditional roles and expectations play a huge role in why women don't step up and why they do. Family is another reason why Republican women do not run for office at the same rights as Democratic women do. Something that I found when doing my research is that 53% of Republican women say that family should be a number one priority. So running for office isn't even a priority for women. Family is that number one. Female candidates who disrupt gender expectations have long risked backlash from voters who demand that they meet both the stereotypically masculine demands of candidacy and the stereotypically feminine expectations of their gender. The fact is that Republican voters do hold more traditional gender role expectations that might create particular hurdles for Republican women attempting to earn a political position. Statistics show that stay-at-home mothers are one of the most reliable Republican voting groups, yet they are often the most skeptical of a woman's ability to balance office holding with family responsibilities, meaning that Republican women candidates must navigate uniquely gendered terrain, fraught with irony, whereby the accepted gender roles and perspectives of some of their primary constituents might conflict with the professional roles they're seeking. There are other reasons why Republican and conservative women don't run for office, and Liuzzo says some of them go deeper than the candidate's personal life. 
One of the main reasons that I found is that the problem lies within the Republican Party. The people that I interviewed, a lot of commonalities was that they called it the good old boys club. And this institution that it's only built for men is really what stops women from running. They get intimidated by the politics that they'll be framed and put into categories that just aren't true. For more than 150 years, women have been an active and vital force in the Republican Party and the first major party to favor federal women's suffrage and promote women in public office is the Republican Party. Elise Stefanik, a Republican House member in the 19th Congressional District and the youngest Republican woman ever elected to Congress, has become something of a party darling for her continued efforts to boost other Republican women who are seeking office. In the lead up to the 2018 election, Stefanik had recruited more than 100 Republican women to run for Congress through her role as chair of recruitment for the National Republican Congressional Committee. It was the first time a woman had served in that key job within the party, and her recruitment efforts put a record number of Republican women on the ballot. People are really blown away when you show that you're proactive and are going to work hard. And I think women candidates are incredibly hard workers. They don't take it as though it's given to them. They want to earn it. Not many people thought it was a good idea, particularly some of the party leadership in uh, the National Republican Congressional Committee who did not support when I ran the first time until I resoundingly won my primary. To continue to increase the number of Republican women in Congress and support them in primaries, Stefanik formed the political action committee EPAC because she says women voters and American women are diverse in their political opinions. And she said candidates often run because they want to address certain issues impacting their own communities. However, Stefanik's growing popularity and her outspoken support of President Trump that has contributed to her rising star in the Republican Party has also drawn the ire of those on the other side of the aisle. And they haven't been kind in their criticism. Last year, a Democrat blogger from the leftist publication, the Albany Times Union, drew the harsh approval of Republicans and conservatives in the area when he wrote a scathing piece about Stefanik in which he referred to her as childless, something that would never be used against a man holding Stefanik's position of power and influence. The remark was widely considered to be a low blow, even by some Democrats, although Stefanik said it was par for the course in her experience as a woman in politics. Women in politics have had a historically difficult road to victory, but a Republican woman in a public position of leadership has an additional layer of complexity. The slow disintegration of traditional Bible-based values systems in favor of the religiously disconnected apathy of the post-Christian era. And the cancel culture mob, which seeks out opportunities to attack Republican women who speak out against social shifts that don't align with a moral center. In those cases, the liberal rallying cry of supporting all women quickly changes into a justification of supporting only women who are willing to walk the line. Seen on the national stage when Supreme Court Justice Justice Amy Coney Barrett was sworn in to replace the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Attacks on Barrett were swift and ranged from questioning and mocking her faith to calling her a bad mother, saying that she must be lying about her personal history because, critics said, there is no way Barrett could value her family while pursuing a challenging legal career. 
The struggles and triumphs of the working mother, whether she does whatever is needed to make ends meet or tries to ascend the corporate ladder, teaches children in a virtual classroom, fights in the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic, or serves as a well-respected law professor and judge, have been summarily dismissed by progressives in their effort to score political hits on Republican women who rise to the top. However, the numbers of women stepping into public roles representing the Republican Party just keep climbing. But many say it takes a very thick skin and a strong support system at home to weather the endless assaults on their beliefs, their physical appearance, their ability to lead, their social status as a woman in a man's world, and a Republican woman in a Democrat world. Kinderhook Town Councilwoman Sally Hogan serves as corresponding secretary for the New York State Federation of Republican Women, and she sits in the National Federation of Republican Women Membership Committee. The establishment Republicans are typically male. It's very easy for them to come in and run. They get along so well with each other. They hang out. For a woman to come in, we just have to work extra hard to prove that we can balance it all, that we can balance home and that we can balance the political world. Hogan has come under fire in her town after she posted a sarcastic meme about banning the Excelsior Pass, face masks, and Democrats from the state of New York. She pointed out that her social media post was not only free speech, but clearly satirical. But her answer wasn't good enough for Republican and no-party board members in her area who went so far as to pass a motion condemning her joke, which they called childish and embarrassing. Hogan was the only person on the board to vote against her condemnation, and she refused to budge from her First Amendment right to free speech. At that meeting, during the public comments portion, Hogan was subjected to comments from angry residents in the area who told her she should not be allowed to express herself under the First Amendment on social media. And they demanded she live up to a higher standard than they themselves had to live by because of her position. A fellow Kinderhook town board member also chastised Hogan for deleting negative comments from her Facebook page, calling it a jarring and disturbing act to remove hateful comments, which were also free speech. Others wondered if Hogan could be sued for hurting people's feelings with her social media. To add insult to injury, several days after the uproar began, the town of Kinderhook Republican Committee also turned on Hogan, saying they proudly supported the board members for passing a motion that formally condemned her and her post. Such antics against Republicans are often compounded when the Republican woman in office is the only Republican anywhere in the room, and the attacks are ongoing, even from within the Republican Party itself. Self. And that fractured infighting is a widely known major reason why Republicans in New York State continue to fail in election cycles. However, Hogan says, I've had to fight pretty much since day one to prove my worth. And I believe I've done that. Republican women, politics in general, women have had to work so hard. And some people don't work so well to get there. You know, they work dirty. You know, they work their way up the ladder any way they think they should. Not all of us are like that. And for the ones who have the integrity, uh, we're looked at, you know, as outsiders because we don't toe the line. We didn't get in the gutter to move our way up. So it's difficult. In spite of the fracas Hogan has been facing, Megan Liuzzo says her findings show that Republican women continue to step up amid an array of adversity on every side. According to Liuzzo, 
Republican women need to be authentic. It kind of comes down to the fact that even especially in past elections, Republican women have always had to go farther right than their male opponents. But I think Republican women need to be authentic and should not try to toe the party line. Be what's best for your community and what is best for your district, whether that be if you're running for mayor or if you're running for legislator or even if you're running for council or school board of education. You just need to be true to yourself and tell other Republican women that your opinions do matter. And while it might not seem like it, the more you talk about it and the more you push those opinions out, it will be a successful year for Republican women. With all the adversity Republican women face on every side, what would motivate a Republican woman to step up into office? According to Liuzzo, family, considered by many a reason not to run, is exactly the reason why Republican women want to run for office. And she says, now is the time. You can't be told to wait your turn. You need to step up to the plate. You need to, we've been told for decades that wait your turn, everything will be okay. No, we need to do this now. And the only way that we'll start this is to be the change. Something that I found particularly surprising is that there are women that want to run and they want to be at the table, but they just don't know how to start. House Representative Elise Stefanik's mission through her Elevate Political Action Committee is to usher more women into office. And she plans to not only recruit them, but also to help them develop into viable candidates saying she believes that female officials can bring fresh perspectives to tackling the issues affecting American families and women specifically. Stefanik says she knows it will likely take time to see a real shift in the Republican Party, especially at the federal level, that brings parity between men and women in office. But she doesn't intend to shy away from the challenge. In fact, she said if she does her job right, Republican leadership will one day look very different than it does anything today. you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can. Examining the issues that pertain to the people of God, this is the matter at hand. From in and around the Capital Region, on the Alive Radio Network, I'm Alicia Purdy.